If you would, open up your Bibles uh, to Matthew chapter 5. This is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, verses 1 through 4. If you're using your Bible app, I use the New Living Translation. One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach. God blesses those who are poor in spirit and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, all of our souls, and all of our minds, may they be truly and utterly faithful to your word, O Lord our God, our rock, and our redeemer. And we pray and invite your spirit into this place for Jesus to teach us this morning just as he taught all those who gathered around him on this mountainside. May we too hear these words that he proclaims. And may we live our life bringing the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, as I began thinking about what to preach uh, for this uh, beginning of the new year and uh, about uh, October, November kind of time, I started thinking about some of my mentors in faith, some of those pastors who had mentored me throughout the years, besides those that I worked with uh, here, uh, you know, Ed Boyd and uh, Larry Miller, and, and uh, thought about all those uh, pastors around the conference, a lot of them DSs uh, like Bobby Potter uh, and uh, uh, the, the one that I still call my DS, Doug Ezel, because of the influence he had on my life, and uh, I, I think about, uh, you know, John Wynn, who just passed away uh, this last uh, week or so ago. And, and, and I can think of what John Wynn, one of the things that he, he told us uh, was that every day we have to decide whether or not we will make Jesus Lord of our life or not. And I would go on to, to add on to that, that every minute of our life, we've got to decide, are we going to make Jesus our Lord? I think of Larry Stafford and, and, and all of those great cloud of witnesses that have gone before us, those pastors who've shaped our lives. And, and one of those other people that, that I was thinking about at this time was Reverend Jimmy Piles. And, uh, and I, I can think back to his retirement speech uh, and he, he said this, he said he had, if he had to do one thing over differently, over his ministry, he would tell them more about Jesus. Uh, and and that, that kind of stuck with me uh, all of my, my ministry since he has done that. And so uh, as I was thinking about what to preach uh, for this coming year, uh, I thought what better way to teach about Jesus than Jesus teaching us himself. Here Jesus sees the crowd coming up around him and he goes up on the mountain. 
He sits down. The mountains uh, in the Bible are, are um, themes of where God and humanity connect. And here, God, Jesus, connects with all these people who are gathered there, and he sits down as a sign of him teaching. And for the next three chapters, chapters 5, 6, and 7, Jesus gives his first sermon to this large group of people. And uh, they say that it probably took a couple of weeks to preach this sermon. How many of y'all want to sit here for the next couple of weeks uh, to, to learn about? We're going to do that. And so I challenge you, you know how I like to give you homework. So for the next uh, uh, month, two months, three months, uh, as we go through the, uh, this, this, these next three chapters, read these at least once a week, all three of these chapters. You could do that every single day. You could read all three of these. And this is Jesus' teaching himself. This is Jesus proclaiming what it is. In fact, John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, thought this was so important that he had 13 sermons on this, these passages. Uh, and, and I am following along with John Wesley's sermons, those 13 sermons that he proclaimed, uh, and, uh, and, and I'm going to use those as material uh, for these sermons because John Wesley uh, felt that this sermon provided the essential teaching from Jesus on the true way to uh, life everlasting, the royal way which leads to the kingdom. He believed that this, this is how disciples should live. This is how disciples should act. This is how their inner spirit and their outer spirit ought to be. Uh, how they should be light. How they should be salt of the earth. How they should live out their life loving God and loving neighbor. And he felt that this was the most important uh, uh, teaching of Jesus's all together. It begins with the Beatitudes, which uh, are the blessed are those. And uh, you, you can see that we began with blessed are the poor in spirit and blessed are those who mourn. And John Wesley used the word there, blessed. He said you could change that to happy. And there's people that can say that, you know, you could say happy are those who are poor in spirit. Happy are those who mourn. Happy are those who are humble. Happy are those who hunger and thirst for justice. Happy are those who are merciful. Happy are those whose hearts are pure. Happy are those who work for peace. Happy are those who are persecuted for doing what is right. The Beatitudes are our attitudes as disciples. It's, who, it's identifiers of those who are followers of Jesus Christ. The way they live ought to live out the way that Jesus. It's a characteristic of the faithful attitudes of believers who they are and who they were supposed to be. And it's interesting, the very first teaching that Jesus says is, uh, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. And anytime there for me that word blessed is not just happy, it's not just something that God gives. To me, it really is the shalom that we've been talking about, that, that wholeness, that completeness of life. It's how we have to work out uh, our differences. It's how we bring about peace together. It's that complete life that without God and without God's love and mercy in our lives and us giving that God's mercy and love to others, it's that it, it, it can't um, 
we, we can't be followers of Jesus. Uh, and, and so he begins saying uh, that blessed are the poor in spirits for they will re realize their need for them. God's grace allows us, allows us to see that without God, uh, we, 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 we're sinful. And we've got to realize our sinfulness, not just uh, our need for a Lord, but we also have to realize that we need it, uh, God's grace to change us and transform us and shape us and help us to live out this, this way of living. We've got to have God's love to be able to change us. We've got to be able to realize every single second of every day that you know what? We're, we're, we're sinners. Uh, it, it's interesting, for the past about nine months, I've been going through the daily office through the Book of Common Prayer. Uh, and four times a day, I don't do the daily office all four. I just want to tell you I only do it twice, morning and evening. Um, uh, but if you were to follow the daily office, four times a day, you proclaim and ask at the very beginning of the daily office, um, forgiveness of your sins you confess your sins and you proclaim God uh, I, I, I have not loved my neighbor I have done things uh, and I have left things undone uh, and we need to be a people who realize that we are fallen people we all sin and fall short of the glory of God but God loved us so much that Jesus came to forgive us as we come and we take this bread and we drink from this cup, we are reminded uh, of God's love and forgiveness for us. Uh, and, and the second thing that he said was, uh, you know, blessed are those who mourn. And it's interesting to think that, you know, for the last four years, I think all we've done as a society is mourn. Uh, we've mourned what we lost before the pandemic. We've mourned the things we lost during the pandemic. We've lost uh, all that's been going on. Uh, we mourn the division in our country. We mourn the division in our denomination. We mourn the division between us. We mourn the division and loss of the, our loved ones that we've lost in those four years. I'm tired of mourning. But the good news is, just like I said on Christmas Eve, is that the light of Jesus Christ shines in that darkness. And that's what this is all about. It's that when we confess our sinfulness, when we confess our need for God, when we mourn and, and when we ask God to come into our life in those moments, God shows up. And the light of Jesus shines in the darkness and God's faithfulness endures forever. Great is God's faithfulness. As we just sang, even in our unfaithfulness, God's faithfulness never ever ends. God's love is always there for us, forgiving us and helping us. But we need to realize our need for him. Uh, and here Jesus speaks to all these people that are surrounding him. And, and, and I like to think of myself there listening to him. And I probably would have been one of the people way down at the bottom of the mountain just trying to observe all. But he's speaking even to me. And he's speaking to you. And he's telling you how your life can be different. 
how you can be filled with the hope of Jesus Christ. How we as a community of faith, as a body, live together in our brokenness. How we work together to build the body of Christ so that the world out there can know who Jesus is. How we can become emotionally healthy disciples who, who, who know that, look, we're not there yet. We've got issues, we've got brokenness, we've got sin, we've got uh, all of these things, but Jesus, the great healer, comes to heal us and help us in those broken times. James uh, chapter 4, verse 7 says this, So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. As we come to God in humbleness, the joy and hope of that forgiveness, the joy and hope of that healing comes to us all. We need that shalom in our life. And the only way that we're going to have that shalom, that peace, that completeness, is if we are poor in spirit and we mourn for the hurts and the grief and the hate and the anger that is all around us. And we work to fix the brokenness in our hearts and in the world. Will we be a people who live out these beatitudes? Will we be a people who love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, body, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves? Will we be a people who are willing to make Jesus Lord of every area of our life, to make, us king, to make him king of our life instead of ourselves, to help us to be who God is calling us to be? And the only way that we can do that is by listening to the Master on the mountain. Let's begin to listen to the master on the mountain and make him master of our life. Let us pray. Lord, teach us. Teach us your ways. Make them known to us and help us to live them out. Help us to be a people with the attitudes that are your attitudes, with the love that is your love, which the forgiveness which is your forgiveness. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and renew a right spirit within us, just like David says in Psalm 51. We pray that you would create in us a new heart, a new culture, a new way of loving one another, doing anything and everything uh, so that people can know the love of Jesus Christ. We begin right here by proclaiming we are poor in spirit and that we're mourning. Each of us is mourning for something differently. A lot of us have too much 
on our plates. And our hearts are broken in so many ways, countless ways. But we invite your healer to come and heal that brokenness this morning. And God, help us, O merciful Lord, inwardly and outwardly to live out our faith in everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.